0: So everyone in life prizes, prizes work ethic, right? Everyone praises the person that works hard at something. Everybody wants the rewards of work ethic, but not everybody necessarily wants to put in the work that work ethic requires. So a couple of weeks ago, uh, there was a very famous individual named Kobe Bryant that, that died in a tragic uh, helicopter accident. And all these stories came out from his life just about his work ethic, his incredible work ethic. And we all look at these stories and we're like, wow, that guy worked hard. For for, for example, um, he was always the first player in the gym. Even when he was hurt, he'd be the first player in the gym. He was a basketball player. He'd always be trying to work hard. Um, teammates would arrive at 8 a.m. for practice, but there he was, already soaking uh, wet with sweat, having already done like two hours of workouts. Um he, it was said that he would arrive two hours early before practice and just shoot. Sometimes a player would go in, it would, the lights would be off in the gym, and he'd be just there in the gym shooting in the dark. He just worked really, really hard. Even in high school, he started, if, if practice was at 7 a.m., he'd be there at 5. He would just be there two hours early practicing, practicing. He once made one of his high school teammates play uh, one-on-one all the way to 100. Uh, he... He he once practiced from 4.15 a.m. until 11 a.m. just shooting, just shooting the ball, refusing to leave until he had shot 800 shots. Uh, he worked really hard. Uh, one of my favorite stories of Kobe Bryant is uh, one time there was this other player that showed up before a game and, and just wanted to do a little warm-up practicing, and he showed up, and, and Kobe Bryant was already there practicing and stuff. And this guy was like, wow. He's, he's really working hard. So he, he, he just started working and practicing. And, and he was getting really tired. He'd worked for a long time. And he was like, man, Kobe Bryant's still over there practicing, working out, or whatever he was doing, shooting balls. He's like, man, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. So he, he finally left. And just after he was done practicing, then finally Kobe Bryant stops practicing. And he comes over to him and he's like, hey, I just want you to know that uh, no matter how hard you work, I'm always going to outwork you. The reason I was staying here this whole entire time is because I just wanted you to know I will outwork you. If you show up and start practicing, I won't finish practicing until you are done. Just to prove to you that I will outwork you. That was kind of his, his mindset. And we all are like, wow. And I mean, I, I listened to so many, uh, sports radio commentaries about, wow, the greatness of Kobe Bryant. We all prize work ethic, but are we willing to put in the work? Are we, are we willing to actually seek it out? Um, and I would even say this, um, work ethic is an even more important quality for the Christian young student, for you, for the Christian in general. It is even, it is even more of a must for, for you to have a work ethic than even for somebody out there in the world that is just competing for sports or something like that. You as a Christian must have a good work ethic. But I'll explain to you a little bit later as to why that is, why you should have a greater work ethic than others. But for now, I want to introduce you to just two characters, um, two creations, uh, creations of God um, that we see out in the wilderness. We have an ant and we have a sloth, an ant and a sloth. So first off, let's, uh, my favorite ant in the world, uh, Flick, oh, it's such a good movie. Or is it flint? No, it's flick. Okay. Um, Just a few characteristics of an ant. Uh, Just to kind of familiarize yourself, um, they are, let's see, what do I have first here? Yeah, they are wise, they are incredibly small creatures, but they work together and do great things. Or, you could say this, great damage. Great damage. It's said that fire ants cause billions of dollars a year annually just from biting people and also from the destruction they cause to farming equipment and things like that with their big their big houses that they use they are small creatures but they do great things because they work together and another thing you got to know about ants is they are highly organized wait oops forgot which way they're organized Um, Every ant in the anthill has a job. Some are protecting, some are foraging, some are doing child care, some are cleaning. Actually, that's all the same ants. Those are the women ants. The the ants with one job are the the males and the queen. Uh, But anyway, uh, they're all organized. They all have jobs. Um, I find it fascinating. I used to live in Texas. Worst two years of my life. Uh, sorry. Uh, never mind. Joel's <laughs> like, what the? Uh, no, I. Uh, and I got stung by a few red ants, and I was always surprised at how they always manage to crawl on your arm, all gather at the same time, and bite simultaneously. That's because they send out this this alarm, and they all get into the same position. And then they send out another alarm, and they all bite at the same time. They are very organized in their attack. They're also um, they're also smart. Um, they also have great strength. It's said that an ant can lift up to 50 times his body weight. To put it in perspective, our own Stephen Taves, um, he can lift three times his body weight, or two times his body weight. I can't remember. That, to me, is incredible. Um, If a man was 200 pounds and could lift 10 times his body weight, he could lift a small car. So that's just 10 times your body weight. But an ant can lift 50 times his body weight. And when he works together with other ants, he can even lift more. Um, They are also... uh, he's strong um, also, they also build the largest homes you think your home is big an ant's home is bigger probably um, sometimes colonies join with other colonies and they create these things called super colonies um, the biggest ant nest ever discovered and I checked this at multiple sites because I didn't believe it stretches all the way from Italy to France it was found in the year 2000 it's in the Guinness Book of World Record it's measured at about 3,700 miles and it contains about 33 different populations of ants, millions of nests and billions of ants. And by the way, we've got a, a super colony of our own here in California. It's called the California large, they say. It spreads about 560 miles along the California coast. And once again, this isn't just one ant colony, it's multiple ant colonies kind of working together and and, and, so, and so on and so forth, kind of sharing the same space. But they have a big house. They work really hard. They're really small creatures, but they have great strength, and they can build incredible things, things that cause billions of dollars in damage if you run over it with a tractor, or so on and so forth. Um, and the ant is compared to the diligent uh, worker. That's, what, that's, that's the, the picture that I have for you today. Uh, Proverbs says a lot about working hard, work ethic, being diligent. And the Proverb says, you want to be diligent, you want to have good work ethic, look at the ant. For example, go to Proverbs 6, verse 6, uh, says this, Go to the ant, O sluggard, considered his ways, and be wise. Without having a chief, ruler, or officer, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in Harvest. Notice what the ant is. The ant is self-motivated. The ant doesn't have a leader, so to speak, but the ant just works. It works when nobody else is watching. And notice also, it doesn't matter how big the, the job is or how unimportant your task feels, the ant just works. It, it works at the right time. It works in summer. And if you turn over to another passage, it says in Proverbs 30, Proverbs thirty twenty four. it says, uh, four things on earth are small." but they are exceedingly wise. And then in verse 35 of chapter 30, the ants are a people not strong, relatively, uh, yet they provide their food in the summer. And, and I, and I, I kind of think they, they, they work together, they work hard. Ants are characterized by this. They, they may be small, but because they work hard and work in the right season, they provide their food in the summer. Or to say it like this, when I think of an ant, I think of someone who is diligent, but also Humble. Hey, if we work together, we can all do this together. That—that that is how an ant works. Let's let's uh, just point out a few other things about the ant. Uh, first off, like I said, he, uh, the diligent person. Sorry, that's that's the end of the ant. The diligent person works like an ant. The diligent person is also someone who simply wakes up, just simply wake up. You want to be more diligent in your life? Open your eyes and wake up in the morning. Turn over to Proverbs twenty. Proverbs 20, verse 13. Love not sleep, lest you come to poverty. Open your eyes, and you will have plenty of bread. It's like, it's a little bit ironic. Just just all you have to do is open your eyes in the morning, and you'll get bread. That's all you have to do. Just, if you want to be a more diligent person, just start waking up in the morning better. Stop snoozing as much, so on and so forth. Um, The diligent person is also someone who takes time to plan takes time to plan. Turn over to Proverbs, just on the other page, 21, verse 5. Um, the plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance, but everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. Notice, the diligent person plans. They, they, their plans are spoken of there as if they are work themselves. That it's put in the place of work. Part of the work, part of the diligence is putting plans in place. And notice it's contrasted to those who are hasty. Those people who say, I don't have time for plans. I don't have time for plans. No, the diligent person also says there's value in making plans, in in kind of setting up a plan, in, in organizing yourself, so to speak. Um, and then lastly, number four, I would say this as well. Um... A diligent person is someone who takes care of their stuff. Uh, I, I find this a really good verse. Proverbs 27, verse 23 says this, Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. And it goes on to say, hey, you never know when you're going to need these things. A diligent person works hard, works like an ant, is diligent, but they, they take care of their stuff too. They, they never know when they're going to use it. Now, Real quick, why would you want to be diligent? Maybe you uh, saw a couple reasons in there, but let me just point them out to you. Well, do you, you, do you want to always have enough? You'll always have enough. If you are diligent, God will always give you enough. You might not be rich you might not be exploding with wealth, but you will have enough if you are diligent. God gives you everything you need to live if you will be diligent with the things that he has given you. For example, turn over to Proverbs 12, verse 11. Proverbs 12, verse 11. Whoever works uh, works his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows worthless bread Pursuits lacks sense. Um, notice there, it's saying plenty. It's not saying great wealth. It's just saying you'll have enough. You'll have plenty of bread. You'll, or you could say it this way: plenty means you'll be satisfied. You'll eat your fill. Um, God will give you what you need if you're diligent to work um, in the ways that he has given you to work. So so I kind of like to think of it like this. Hey, don't go. Don't go off like trying to seek all of these fortunes all over the place. Hey, work the field. Work the places in your life that God has given to you now. God provides for you through your diligence now. Like, for example, you need to be diligent in schoolwork. Now, that's how God's going to provide for you now. You need to be diligent in your chores now. Don't spend all your time just dreaming dreaming about all the stuff you're going to get one day or all the houses, or this great house you're going to take care of or own someday. If you can't be diligent with what God has given you now, you, you will not have anything in the future or not be able to take care of it. So, you'll always have enough if you're diligent. You might not be rich, but you'll always have enough. Um, another thing is you'll get more satisfaction you'll have more satisfaction if you are diligent in your life than those people that aren't diligent in their life. Um, Turn over to Proverbs 12. This kind of says it in parallel. 12, verse 14. From the fruit of his mouth a man is satisfied with good. So there's, there's great satisfaction that comes with wise words. We've already kind of talked about that a little bit. But then the second half of the verse, and the work of a man's hands come back to him. Hey, if you're a good worker, if you're a hard worker, you will be satisfied. You you will enjoy just working hard. It brings satisfaction to your soul. Um, I like this next one. Um, you'll be able to give. You'll be able to give. Lazy people, lazy people can't give anything to anybody else. Who are those people who have enough to give to others? Those people who are diligent, who work hard. Do you want to be someone that's not selfish? Start working hard. Start working hard at the at the jobs God has given you, even today, and then you'll have more to give to other people. Turn over to Proverbs 21, verse 24. 26, sorry. Um, and it says in verse 25, The desire of the sluggard kills him, for his hands refuse to labor. I don't want to work. And then he dies, because he doesn't want to work. But, look at this, verse 26, all day long he craves, craves, craves. But, look at, in contrast, the, the sluggard spends all of his time just craving, desiring. We'll talk about that in a second. But, in contrast, the righteous gives and does not hold back. The righteous, it almost seems like, doesn't have time to crave, crave, crave. He's so busy working that he has all of this time to give, give, give. Meanwhile, the sluggard just is craving, craving, craving. If only I had this, if only I had this, I'd be happy. But the righteous man is finding true satisfaction, and that comes from being able to provide through diligence and also give to others. Um, uh, I mean, why would you want to be diligent? Uh, do you want to be in demand? Do you want to be someone that people want to be around, that people call on, that people um, ask to do ministry projects or ask to to work at jobs or or as it says in twelve? Uh, or sorry, t- Proverbs twenty two twenty nine. Do you want to be someone who stands before kings, who serves in royal courts? Those are people that are diligent. Um, you will rule, it says in Proverbs twelve verse twenty four. Um, you uh, you'll be ready for marriage if you're diligent. It, it says this. This is a verse I've talked about for, uh, before, but in twenty four verse. 27, prepare your work outside, get everything ready for yourself in the field, and after that, go build your house. And he's talking about building your family. Hey, if you're not diligent, you're not ready to provide for other people. Why do you think you're ready to date or, or seek marriage or any of these other things? You need to learn to be diligent. Um, yeah, so, so you'll always have enough. You'll, you'll get more satisfaction in life. You'll be able to give more. You'll be in demand. You'll be ready for marriage. Um, and you know what? Your life will actually, ironically, be easier. Your life will be easier. Turn over. This is a key uh, verse. Turn over to Proverbs 15, verse 19. Somebody, anybody read this for me because I love it. Okay, Hudson, go ahead read it for me. Proverbs fifteen, nineteen. The way of a sluggard is like a hedge of thorns, but the path of the upright is a level highway. Okay, so picture that. The way of a sluggard is a path of thorns. But what what is the righteous man, the diligent man? He's got an open highway, a wide open highway. His life, yes, will require more work. Why? Because he'll dig his way maybe out of the thorn bush and work really hard to go around the thorn bush or something like that. But he'll go to the path. He won't constantly be wandering through the the hedges and the thorns. His His life will be like a level, straight highway because he works hard. It might not feel like it's easier in the moment, right? But but ultimately, the person who works hard has an easier life. They'll make their life flat, like a flat, straight highway. So there we have the ant, the diligent individual. The next uh, uh, creature I want to introduce you to, that I was also thinking about this week while I was studying, is the, my other favorite Disney character, the sloth. This is the only good thing in that movie, by the way. Well, I shouldn't say that, but it's the best thing in in that movie. Uh, Anyway, the most accurate representation of a DMV to this day. Um, What are the characteristics of a sloth? Well, they live in tropical areas in South and Central America. Um, There are two types of sloth. There are the three-toed sloth and the two-toed sloth. Uh, They spend most of their time in trees. They're a teensy bit faster in trees than they are on ground, but also they can hang from trees and take naps and and whatnot they actually only come out of trees once a week and that is to go to the bathroom Uh, but most of their time is spent in trees they've got enemies like snakes and eagles and jaguars that always get them on the ground that's why going to the bathroom is a very dangerous thing Um, their main diet is leaves which also contributes to their low energy I mean you just try it eat nothing but lettuce how much energy do you have Carolyn when you eat nothing but lettuce Nothing exactly. They gotta move slow. I'm living on lettuce, man. You know, um, they eat nothing but lettuce. Um, They can turn their head pretty well. I mean, this is pretty incredible. They can turn their head 270 degrees. So yeah, they may not be able to run away from the enemy that's about to eat them, but at least, at least they see them coming. I mean, that's something. That's something. Um, uh, Another fact: they're they're pretty small. They're like one and a half to two feet long. Um, contrary to popular belief, they only sleep 10 hours a day. So they don't sleep all the time. They only sleep 10 hours a day. Um, and the, the leading characteristic of the sloth is that they are slow. They are very slow. Has anybody ever seen a sloth before besides this movie? Yes, they are very slow. Um, they are the slowest on land. They can travel up to the speeds of six and a half feet per minute. So let's hear. here. If I laid down, Man, that's hard to go that slow. Uh, uh, Okay. Um, They're slightly faster in trees. They can move 10 feet per minute in trees. But they're very fast in the water. They move 30 feet per per minute in the water, actually. Um, Their digestion is also very slow. That's why they only go to the bathroom once a week. Sometimes even takes them a month to fully digest a leaf. Um, um, And they also serve as good mobile homes. Their slow speed makes them an ideal habitat for, you know, All sorts of things you want hanging on to you. Beetles, moths, cockroaches, algae. The algae kind of serves as self-defense too because they go green. But anyway, to be a sloth means basically that you are going to be a sluggard. You are going to be slow. Sorry, there's all those things about sloths that you needed to know. Um, A sluggard basically is someone who is slow moving. In the Proverbs we see this sluggard and the word basically means to be slow. Uh, in Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes ten, it talks about. Look at the house of the sluggard. He is so slow moving that his house roof is caving in on him. That is the house of the slow sluggard. He is slow. He is unmotivated. He is lazy. Uh, what are the what? What's a sluggard like? Well, first off, he likes to sleep, just like the sloth. He likes to sleep. Turn over to six ten. Proverbs six ten. A little sleep a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come on you like a robber, and want like an unarmed man. He just wants a little bit more sleep. Just need a little bit more rest. I need my quality ten hours a night. I need them all. Um, And if you turn over to Proverbs 10, verse 5, it says, He who gathers in the summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in the harvest... Is a son who brings shame. This person sleeps when it's time to work. Remember the ant; they work in the summertime when it's time to work. This the the sluggard. I just am getting so tired by all this harvesting. I need to go to sleep. So uh, the sluggard is someone who loves sleep. The sluggard is someone who loves to talk. You know, have you ever been in one of those study groups where you're not really studying, you're talking? You're not even talking about studying. You're talking about other things. You just like to talk. Um, the sluggard is someone that likes to talk and talk and talk about all the things they will do someday, but they never want to do anything. Turn over to Proverbs 13, verse 4. 13, verse 4. The soul of the sluggard craves, Ah, Someday I'm going to have a Lamborghini and a house. Everybody's going to love me. Just, but today I'm just going to sleep. They just crave and crave and crave and gets nothing, but the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Um, over in Proverbs 14, just on the other side of the page there, Proverbs 14, verse 23, In all toil there is profit, but mere talk tends only to poverty. The, the, the sluggard is someone that just talks and talks about everything they're going to do one day. When they've got something more important to do. Right now it's not very important, so I'm not going to do it. But one day when I have a real job, when I have, when I have real responsibilities, then I'll be diligent. They just love to talk and talk and talk and talk and not work. Uh, and that's our next point. The sluggard is someone who hates work. I think this is very apparent even from the name. But turn over to Proverbs 12, verse 27. Who? This is a very fascinating verse to me. Who, whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get precious wealth. Notice this. this the, the slothful person doesn't even want to put in enough work to just roast their game. They're too slothful. So what does that mean? They're eating raw meat? I, I do not know. But they're, they're so slothful that they will not even roast their game. Something good for them. Something that will bring them tangible enjoyment in the next couple minutes and seconds. They're unwilling to do. Why? Because they hate work. So much. I just don't want to work. I'd rather eat raw, uncooked cooked chicken than eat it cooked. That's basically what it's saying. Um, and then for, turn over to Proverbs twenty. Proverbs twenty, verse four: The sluggard does not plow in the autumn; he will not he will seek a he will seek at harvest and have nothing. But notice he, he's looking for food to eat in the harvest time, but because he will not work when it's time to plant, he won't find anything. And why is this? It's because working is hard. Working is work. Working requires uh, diligence. Uh, Proverbs 21 verse 25, the desire of the sluggard kills him for his hand refuses to work. Remember that that proverb? I should read it, but remember the proverb of the, the sluggard with his hand in the dish? He just doesn 't like working so much that he 's unwilling to bring his hand to do the work it 's being sarcastic but that 's basically what you 're doing you 're unwilling to uh, work and do the means God has given you to provide for yourself that 's basically being unwilling to take to put your to put your spoon in the 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 bowl of cocoa puffs but you 're unwilling to bring it to your mouth too much work because you 're too lazy you don 't like work and notice there in proverbs twenty one verse twenty five it's the desire. It's the desire. What, what is the desire of the uh, lazy man? Well, his desire is to get free stuff. To get free stuff. Uh, 21, 25, that's what it's talking about. Uh, uh 21, 25, the desire of the sluggard kills him. He just wants free stuff. Verse 26, all day long he craves and craves. What is he craving? Someone to work for him, someone to give something to him. But the righteous gives and does not hold back. We already read that. Once again, what, what does the, the sluggard basically want? He's just like, I want people to give me stuff. I want people to serve me. I want to be just a big baby that everybody nurses all day long. And notice the thing about the uh, sluggard's life is that he will be easily entangled. Remember that that verse about the way of thorns? That will be the way of his life 15:19 says. He will have a way of thorns. He'll say, "Hey, it sure seems easier to just plow through this wood than, than walk over there to that highway over there. I'm just going to keep plowing and trudging through this woods, but he's going to get all torn up. He's going to get beat up. He's going to get tripped. All of these kinds of things that happen on the way of thorns. that seems easier, but his life will get easily entangled. Or, as it says in 12.11, he will seek after worthless things, Right? He will seek after worthless things. Where is that quick get-rich scheme that I can jump onto? Where, where, where? Maybe, maybe if I try another job, that will give me more money. Maybe, maybe if 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 I could just get if I could just get this person to do this thing for me. They're always going after these worthless things. These things that they think will just pay them more, but in the end, they will not. They'll be a way of thorns. And finally, I would say the sluggard worships pleasure. And then this is something you need to think about in your heart. What do I want most? What do I want most? I've got to protect my heart from this. Um, is it, hey, I just want a break. I just want to relax. I just want some pleasure sometimes. Is, is that an idol, a God in your heart? It says in Proverbs 21 verse 17, whoever loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. What, what? What's going on? Are, are you just a lover of pleasure? Hey, hey, relationships, they're too much work. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to go through the hardships of relationships of really dealing with sin in my life. So I'm just going to avoid people because I want pleasure, right? I'm not going to try really hard at this sport because it's just too much work. I just want pleasure. I'm not going to really work very hard on this assignment, especially if I fail the first time because I just want pleasure. I just want ease. Um, that is what the sluggard is like. Uh, why would you not want to be a sluggard? Or what's the cost of being a sluggard? Well, you will earn a reputation. You'll earn a reputation. Um, It says over in 10, Proverbs 10, uh, verses 4 and 5, Uh, The slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in the summer is a prudent son. Look, he's got a name. You are a prudent son. But verse 5, but he who sleeps at harvest will get a name. He will be a son that brings shame. Oh, they will know him. He is that son of shame. And then there's that other verse about like vinegar in the teeth, like vinegar rotting in your teeth, or like smoke in the eyes. That will be who the sluggard will be to the man who sends him. You will be known. You'll be like vinegar in the teeth and smoke in the eyes. Nobody will ask you to do ever anything because you will have a reputation that follows you for the rest of your life unless you work hard to undo it. Um, you will ironically lack stuff. So reputation, you will lack stuff. Uh, it talks about that. We, we already looked at the verse in 12.11. He who follows oh, worthless pursuits will lack bread. You, you will lack bread if you refuse to wake up in the morning, if you refuse to uh, work hard. And we talked about in Proverbs fourteen twenty three that mere talk tends to what? Prover- of poverty. It tends to poverty. And then we just read in 21, verse 17, the one who loves pleasure or wine or oil will be a poor individual. You will lack stuff if you don't work hard. You won't get stuff. Um, let's look at another cost. You will make your life harder. We already looked at that. We'll just skip that. You will never get what you want. You will never get what you want. Let's turn over really quick. This is just the best verse on the sluggard ever. 1924. Here it is. I kind of explained it to you. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish and he will never bring it back to his mouth. It's being sarcastic, it's being ironic, but that's basically what it is. When you are unwilling to work, you are basically saying, I don't want food, I I don't want to provide for myself. You bury your hand in the dish, and you're so lazy, you refuse to bring it back to your mouth. Proverbs 13, 4, once again, you crave, that's all you're doing. You're just craving and craving, but you are getting nothing. And notice this, not only will you never get what you want, which is food, you will also get what you don't want. You will get what you don't want. Since we're there, turn over to Proverbs 21. Twenty-one twenty-five says this, The desire of the sluggard kills him, or you could translate that word, executes him, for his hand refuses to labor. You will find death. You will find poverty. You will get what you don't want. What, what, what is the idol of a sluggard? The idol of a sluggard is ease, is to receive things. And you won't even get that. If you are a sluggard, you won't even get that. Okay, so I told you, the, the whole sluggard, um, diligent, is really the, the ethic that should have uh, the heart of the Christian more than anyone else. Let me just give you a few points as to why this is. You, more than anyone else, you more than anyone else, even more than Kobe Bryant or a a famous basketball player, football player, anybody else, you have a greater reason to work if you are a Christian. You have a greater reason to work. Uh, You serve the King of Kings. You have a master who's constantly watching you. You're, you're like the ant, but you know that your master is always following you, looking at you, watching you. It says in Ephesians 6, 5, Bond servants obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart, as you would Christ, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Verse 7, rendering service with a good Uh, with a good will as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that whatever good anyone does, he will receive back from the Lord whatever uh, he is, whether he is a bondservant or free. You you serve the Lord in everything, everything. We talked about this at Winter Retreat, uh, Romans 12, verse 11. You are serving Christ constantly in everything you do. Whether it's serving someone else, whether it's working, as it says here in Ephesians 6, you are constantly serving Christ. Your whole life is service to Christ. And if you look over in, uh, I'll I'll just read it for you. In Matthew 25, verse 26, uh, Jesus yeah, it tells this parable about these servants that are wicked. And he, and he talks to some of his servants that aren't being faithful, that aren't being diligent. And he says, uh, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew all these kinds of things. But, just, but notice, notice what he just says. Jesus is displeased with someone who is slothful. You call yourself a Christian, but you are a sloth. That will bring displeasure to Christ. Or to put it this way, there is no such thing as a faithful and lazy Christian. Think about it. There's no such thing. You're always serving your master in whatever you do, whether it's here on earth or whether it's in ministry or, or, or just working for a job. You are constantly serving your master and you cannot be a lazy individual and be a faithful Christian at the same time. It is impossible. That is why it is so important. You you have a, a reason to work hard. And let me just say this one last thing, um, if you are a believer in God, you also have faith in God. You also have faith in God. The reason you are diligent is because of your faith. Well, listen to this. Uh, diligence is an exercise of faith, it's not about getting rich. You honestly believe in your heart, hey, this is how God is going to provide for me. This is how God is going to provide for my family through my diligence. That's why I've got to be diligent, because diligent because God uses means to provide for me, and it's diligence. It might not be outrageous wealth, but God will give you everything you need to uh, provide for you. Uh, last verse, Proverbs twenty-seven. We already read this a little bit, but let's read it one more time. Proverbs 27, verse 23. We already talked about this. You take care of your tools, if you're diligent. Uh, Know well the condition of your flocks and give attention to your herds. But look at the reason why you should uh, be diligent in even taking care of your tools. Verse 24. For riches do not last forever, and does a a crown endure to all generations? Notice, the, the... The motivation for working hard is that riches don't last. That's kind of ironic. I should work hard because riches don't last. What? What are you talking about? Well, if you keep on reading, you see verse 25. When the grass is gone and the new growth appears and the vegetation of the mountains is gathered, look at this, those lambs and those goats that you took care of will provide your clothing and the goats the price of the field. Uh, there will be, verse 27, there will be enough goat's milk in your food for the food of your household and the maintenance of your girls. Hey, if you work hard, it's a, it's a long thing to say, but notice, notice how he goes from saying, hey, take care of your flocks, number, keep a track of them. You never know when you're going to use them. You never know, you never know how God is going to use them in your life. So, there's a, there's a practicality to this. Hey, I need to work hard at whatever God has given me today. Because I do not know how God is going to use it tomorrow. I do not know. I do not know how God is going to use my schoolwork. I do not know how God's going to use these skills of work ethic in my life. Uh, For a personal example, when I was in college, I was studying to be a firefighter and I just wanted to be a firefighter. And I wanted nothing to do with being an EMT. I studied I, I, I studied for EMT, but I didn't really want to be an EMT in the future. I wanted to be a firefighter. But guess what? I ended up using to work my way through undergraduate school. Being an EMT, God used that. And there's always profit in working hard at whatever you do because you never know how God's going to provide for you. You never will know. And, and the same way goes with school. You don't know. You don't know how God's going to use these skills that you have acquired through school to bless you and other people later. But if you are lazy and if you are slack, now you're, you're, you're keeping yourself from being able to provide later and you're probably keeping yourself from being able to give to others later, right? Because that's what a diligent person can do. A diligent person not only provides for themselves, but they also can provide for others as well. Are you going to be diligent with the, the small little things God has given you to be diligent with? Because that's how God um, provides for you. Uh, let's pray really quick. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the many blessings of it. We thank you for your word and its clarity and its, and its purity and its, and its strength and its convicting power. I pray for hearts and minds here to be convicted about their slothfulness. And not just because they want to get rich, but because they want to honor and please you as their Lord. I pray that we would all strive to be diligent in every area of our lives for your glory and for your fame. Amen.